This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett will join us momentarily. Abby Barmore also will be uh, on the show here as always. Uh, but Sip, it's a big day. It's a plan your wedding reception, family reunion, Saturday function day around the state. I know um, a lot of people in Nebraska always kind of want to know when the game times are going to be. Well, we learned that today, um, really Which all, game all, all across college football for <laughs> oh, Nebraska. Football. Okay. Um, the first three weekends, uh, and for Nebraska, it's a Thursday night, August 31st, then September 9th and September 16th, homecoming to an extent we learned, and then the the, the, the the two Friday games. So we know five of the kickoff times today for sure. Homecoming is still in flux other than we know it won't be a night game. Uh, but I think the big news when you look at this schedule for Nebraska, uh, they will open their first two games of the season on Fox, nationally televised, Thursday night, August 31st, at Minnesota, 7 p.m. Central time. And then the Huskers will play um, September 9th, um, they will be in Boulder, Colorado for Deion Sanders' first home game as a head coach. And that is a big noon kickoff, which is 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And Sip, that's not the first time. Nebraska's played out there at 10 a.m. before on Black Friday. I remember because we were I remember flying home after those games because yeah. the, the game started so early. Right. We were we would take like an eight or nine o'clock flight back. Yeah, um, but not great for the <laughs> opening of the prime era for all the people in Colorado to be at that stadium uh, for a 10 a.m. kick. But, hey, I think it's a it's a break for Nebraska. Yeah, because a night game would be so wild. Is that what you're suggesting? That and, I mean, it's just really hard to get primed up for a game at 10 a.m. Well, I, th- I mean, I, I think you're talking about the fans, and you're right, but also the players. And this, I mean, this a 10 a.m. game, I will tell you, unequivocally is generally not happen it is not a great situation for players it's not popular with players it, you don't play it football's really not meant to be played at 10 a.m. it's not so it's 11 a.m. from I'm nebraska's not, i'm not clock. suggesting that they will complain but i'm suggesting that they would definitely rather play later in the day if you're nebraska though don't you almost like not even change the clock and just pretend like the game's at 11. I suppose. And just you could just operate all your yeah. clocks on central time. Yeah. Don't even change the clock. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's the point? Right. No, I think you're right. I think this is a this is kind of a good thing for Nebraska, not a good thing for Colorado. It'll still be wild. The fans will still show up. But it's not any any night game is more daunting than a 10 a.m. kickoff. And you know who any Nebra- night game. Nebraska can think – Alabama, Texas. Okay. Uh, Texas will be at Alabama. Okay. That is the ABC night game yeah. on September 9th. Okay. So that, that's the way it should be, by the way. That game has kind of just parked itself in the night window. And, you know, NBC, because there, there, there are five <clears throat> Big Ten opponents that week that play Power Five opponents, five P5 on P5, non conference or conference games. All five, though, are on the road. Mm hmm at the other conference's stadium. So the Big Ten television package doesn't own any of these games. So okay. on that September 9th, Maryland will host Charlotte. Yeah. That's on NBC. Oh, boy. 
because that's how slim the pickings are of Big Ten stadium games. Um, but call, you know, for Fox, they catch a break. They get a Big Ten team in a in a Pac-12 stadium. They own the rights of the Pac-12, so Nebraska will be there. Then now we know September sixteenth. Um, great opportunity for recruiting. They could bring guys in that weekend, six p.m. Central, Northern Illinois. Matt Rule's home opener. Uh, then they've got. Uh, the game at Illinois on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, October 6th. That is a 7 p.m. Central time on Fox Sports 1. I think we kind of knew that would be the case for that game um, just because of the fact that it was Friday. Now, homecoming, all we know is that won't be a night game. We won't know the network until a later date. It's either going to be an 11 or a 2.30 or a 3. Um, just depends on the network picks that week. Uh, but they've designated it will not be a night game uh, I was wondering why, why does Nebraska not want a homecoming homecoming game at night? Any idea? No, <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's a lot of university like they let you pick your homecoming date, and there's a lot of university functions and events <clears throat> that go on with at homecoming. Night. That's probably what it is. You and I aren't. We're proud. Pr- I've been invited in these events. Have you? No, I've never been invited, and I've never. But I would never accept an invitation. <laughs> to a- <laughs> um, so I'm not. I'm glad it's probably okay. There's a. Pr- I mean, they do a nice parade and other I, things I, I'm like sure that. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, I now the one thing. Go back to Colorado. You, you don't. You don't have any quibble. You, you don't want any qualms with. You wouldn't take issue with Texas, Alabama being the night game over Nebraska, Colorado. No, no, that's no. what it should be. I mean, I, and I think. Boy, Texas, Alabama. I'm, I'm frankly we, glad this game is early so I can watch Texas Alabama. We will be back off the postgame show at the hotel watching that game. I will. I, I will be watching it 100%. Oh, there you go, Sean. I just said it. 100%. Every time Sipple says 100%, please drink if you're following us at, at home right now because that, that's his new deal. Um, we've moved on from Ramir to 100%. Sometimes I just say 100. 100. 100. Okay, that counts too. Yeah. Um, but – you know, Black Friday, Nebraska hosting Iowa, 11 a.m., yep. and we learned that was going to be the case because <clears throat> NBC is going to host the Michigan State-Penn State game in Detroit at Ford Field that night. night. And here's the thing. The NFL is now going to play an Amazon game at 2. Yeah. So There you go. That This normally would have been like a 2.30 mm-hmm. or 3 o'clock game uh, but because the NFL. Yeah, the NFL – selfish just give college keep right i mean we give you, you the nfl gets thanksgiving right i mean they get thanksgiving right why did they got a horn in on black friday i'm not i'm not i'm usually pretty relaxed about kickoff times and what's going on in the nfl and college in that regard but come on that i don't i don't like the nfl horning in with amazon on a friday what i liked about iowa nebraska when it was played at like two or three o'clock it had been played at that time the yes. last few years it allowed if you're coming from anywhere in Nebraska or Iowa, you could leave in the morning yep. and get there on Friday. Yep. Now this is a little harder yep. for fans to travel in and maybe force some more people to stay overnight for Thanksgiving, or you got to get up at like five in the morning and drive in, which I, I think more people will do that than than stay in a hotel. Um, yeah. But 11 a.m. It is what it is. It's fine. Um, makes me wonder though, because NBC has their night game schedule out right now and. The November eighteenth date okay. is a you know Nebraska at Wisconsin. We okay. don't. There's no NBC game on that day yet. It's a flex day. Okay. So there is a chance that Nebraska Wisconsin on the road that could be an NBC night game. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I don't know. You just don't know what else is out there. But right what 
can't, my question is, does Nebraska or Iowa and other teams have a say because you play a sh- on a short week? Oh, I mean, you think about you play, you'd play at Mad- you could play at Madison on November 18th okay. at night. Okay. Game gets over at like eleven. Okay, you'd I see get, you'd get back at like two in the morning. Uh huh. Then you got to play Friday, and then you got to play Friday morning, not Friday night. Right. Friday morning. Ooh, good point. So you almost lose like a day and a half of body recovery. I wonder. I wonder how Matt Rule would feel about that. Will, I, I mean, will Nebraska have a voice in saying like, "Hey, we're all about playing on NBC, but not on a short week when we're playing on the road the week before." Absolutely, you wonder about that. But yeah. maybe the this NBC thing, you know, Tre- you heard what Trev said. They want to play on those games. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's a very. Int- I I just wonder what goes through a coach's mind, and if they're, you know, and if if our coaches aligned on that type of issue, would you get, would you get several different opinions from ten different coaches? I don't know. I don't know what you'd get there. I know this though. If it were me, it would give me pause. If I were the head coach of Nebraska and they were suggesting that we that Nebraska plays a game late at night um, on on November 18th and then, and then we have a Friday game the next week I I'm I, Sean I don't I'm not big on that. That's a tough Now think about That's it. That's a tough turn. The wear the and the wear and tear at that point in the season is significant. I mean you've gone through a long gauntlet. Late cold night in Madison, Wisconsin. Right. To early, physical game to early Friday morning in Lincoln. I, mean, I think it'll still be physical against Wisconsin. I guess we don't know the for air sure. raid. Yeah, Phil Longo's offense. I don't know what that'll look like. It used to be you would say for sure that's going to be a physical. Here game. you go again. You're trying to make the uh, fall camp bulletin board videos. Oh, yeah, I, I'm already on the Colorado one. I think so. Are you? No, I remember when I I called out their players and just that the transition of getting a roster ready and and all oh, the oh yes. Um, yeah, so I'll be careful. I, I mean, I assume Wisconsin – I'll just put it this way. I assume Wisconsin will still be a physical game. And then finally I want to hit on this briefly, Sip. Uh, the SEC – Oh, boy, hot-button topic. I mean, they are still going to war about playing eight versus nine conference games. And I think now the big sticking point is if they go to nine, will they get more money from ESPN? What does that money look like? And I think there's a sentiment internally that – why would we go to nine if we're not going to get more money for it? Um, and and there's a huge, you know, they're really protective of their records because you add that extra game, you're going to get a lot more five and seven, six and six, seven and five. Without that extra game, everybody gets a win. Everyone gets a fourteen and zero week in that league, and you're boosted up. You were a seven and five team is eight and four, and that's a big deal. An eight and four team becomes nine and three when you take away that extra league game. Oh, are you talking about extra league game? Yeah, and replacing it with an FCS weaker game. Okay. Um, yeah, you've been you've now you've been really critical of the SEC for this. I'm going back to Scott Frost raised that issue all the time. Frost used to raise it too. There's no there's no way I can push back on it. I mean, the only way I can push back on it is to say this: Who's the best? What's the best conference in the country? What well, wins all the national titles? Alabama. And Georgia, yeah. but so should the other teams all get a boost their win loss record, one extra game win wise because they they're, they're, they don't want to have to play another tougher game. Life isn't fair is all, all I can say. But these other fair. teams are living off the coattails of Alabama and Georgia, and then they don't have to play an additional tough game. 
and that boosts them all up one win, which looks better for television ratings, which yep. looks better for rankings and polls, recruiting mm-hmm. rankings. When when you can say you're nine and three versus eight and four, yeah. or seven and five or six and six. I mean, think if Nebraska had in this year since they've gone to nine. There's been a lot of years where you would have liked to have played four non-conference games, with one of those games being an automatic win. Instead, you have exchanged that game for an extra Ohio State or Michigan game. Big right. difference. Huge yeah. difference. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's nothing I can say except life's not fair, Sean, and the SEC is king. I mean, well, but Saban and Smart want to play the ninth game. It's the they little, do? It's the, oh, Saban wants to play all Power 5 games. Hmm. The fans don't show up to those games. No, they don't. They don't. It's bad. Those games, when you say those games, remember, Sean, not everybody knows what you're talking about. The week about. 13 Mercer, okay. the week thir- the FCS week in the middle of the November schedule. Right. The, you- the protection week where they right. kind of protect their, their – they get healthier, they, they sure. get a win. Sure. But I think they will go to nine. Whether win. it's Whether it's 2024 or 2025, I think a lot of it's going to be the television piece. But I believe ESPN will want that increased inventory. Significant inventory. Yeah. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to shift the conversation. Uh, we finished through some ranking the Big Ten quarterback, running back, wide receiver uh, slots here. Uh, want to get some thoughts just on that. And uh, does Nebraska have any guys in there? If not, who are some of the top players returning in this conference at those key positions? We'll discuss that and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Let's welcome into the program Robin Washett. He's still getting his holiday Memorial Day week schedule kind of lined up here. Oh, 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 and I'm throwing off too. Robin, I didn't have you up there. You're, you're on your own. This is just amateur hour all yeah, the way across the board here. Get uh, the ship righted, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe double take there. Uh, yeah, so my wife's a teacher, and yes. normally she'd be at work. She's not. And so, like, everything, my whole routine is just off. So I apologize. Oh, you, In advance. You missed some not, not riveting. Not to you guys, but to our, to our listeners. You missed some riveting <laughs> schedule talk. <laughs> well, yeah, big day. Few, there's, yeah, there's a few lot things of, that get Sean more revved up than scheduled. Time. A lot of weddings have been planned. <laughs> yeah, a lot of family man. reunion times have been set. A lot of guys' trips have been figured out. We know the schedule. Yeah, yeah I'm in. And the Colorado one's the big one. Big noon. We, yeah. we, we've been calling that yeah. for about a month, though. So it's not a surprise, but it's going to be, I mean, not rough for us, but rough for the fans of Colorado, which I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not too yeah. upset about that. 10 a.m. local time. That's So I will say that that seems like it would be a deterrent, but when I worked at the Montrose Daily Press in Montrose, Colorado, Wait a second. way on the second. western slope, an hour south, right out of college, 2007, eight, Okay. Uh, I was able to talk my way into covering the Colorado, Colorado State football game at then known as Mile High. And... That was a 10 a.m. 
kick because they was nationally televised. Really similar deal. And I remember getting there early, like normally I do, you know, three hours early, whatever. So it's like like eight o'clock. So I was there. I was only there a couple hours early. Eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm walking through the parking lot and people were just blacked out, like shooting shots, doing beer pong, just ripping beer bongs. Like, so you would think that that might tone things down a little bit. It'll only just, uh, you know, make them have to start earlier. Yeah, there you go. It'll still be wild. Be forewarned. <laughs> it won't be like a night game. The night game. No, that, no. The only thing I'd say is the night game, the Colorado-Nebraska night game this year with Prime and Nebraska with a new coach, it almost maybe would have gotten too unwieldy. Yeah, it would have been like Mad Max and the Thunderdome. Yeah. Like yeah. flamethrowers and, yeah. Was, I mean, I'm expecting like Deion Sanders to come out on a horse. Like just coming He's gonna out. He's going to ride Ralph onto ride the field. Ralphie. He's yes. coming out. I mean – it's not that far. I mean, I, I expect his first entrance to, Abby's a gas. to be to be like what's Apollo Creed and Rocky, you know, the way he come. I mean, mm-hmm. just some sort of like yeah. big entrance. He'll drop from the sky on a stage of some sort. Yeah, some America. sort of <laughs> some sort of chaps on leather chaps. And yeah, yeah, I black Stetson. Hat. I sound like an old man with that take about the night game being too unwieldy, but. I don't know. Hey, I the, think it'd be really weird. The, the big winner of all this is the Husker Online postgame show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is as manageable like, as it gets right there. We will not be like in a Purdue library <laughs> with, some with dude an unaware, overse- <laughs> unaware overseas student live FaceTiming his girlfriend in a different country coughing in the background. Look, those types of things make the shows what they are, I think. Okay. Well, let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get her back on track. Ranking the Big Ten, and we've been doing this series on Husker Line for years. It's a lot of fun. It kind of mimics what preseason magazines do, but we like to talk about who are the best players coming back in this league. Started out with quarterback. Um, Rob, not a real surprise. J.J. McCarthy won Tagovailoa two at Maryland. Cade McNamara, mm-hmm. three. So, really, two of the top three quarterbacks for Michigan Wolverines a year ago. Yeah, and you know that kind of got some comments going um, on the board about what? people saying he was rated too high. And what I were they saying? Just that he, they don't think he's as good as people are saying. It McNamara. Is. And I think a lot of that is probably just annoyance out of Iowa fans hyping him up, like hmm. you know he's gonna be the next Brad Banks or, or whoever. The, I mean, he went to the college football who was playoff. The back they had Brad Banks. Was yeah, good. Brad Banks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the reality is that uh, you know he's what thirteen and three as a starter. Okay. He won a Big Ten title. Okay. Two years ago. Okay. Uh, you know, in in that championship year, through for twenty five hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, sixty four percent completion percentage, I mean, pretty good. Oh yeah, we and saw so live. you know, I think that's kind of the reason why people in Iowa are so optimistic, is because they feel like they finally got a quarterback again, and they went and got you know some other additions through the portal. They got Eric All, the tight end from Michigan. They got the kid from uh, Ohio State, the transfer. I can't remember his name. I always forget it. Either way, they think that they finally have some firepower at the skill positions, which should make that 25 points per game maybe a little more attainable. <laughs> what did McNamara look to you in Lincoln? I thought he looked – I thought he was nails. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's he's one. Of, he's been there and done it at the highest level in yeah. this conference. And yeah. so that's that's why he got the nod over other guys that might put up better numbers. But the guy just wins everywhere he goes. Who would you put above him? We put above him. Was, you can't put Aller above him. Oh, you're talking about guys, other guys on the list. So uh, Tanner Mordecai was four he at Wisconsin. And yeah. so he's the SMU transfer, threw for a ton of yards at SMU, and now he's going to this air raid offense that Wisconsin's going to try to run. I think just by volume, he's going to put up 
serious numbers. Now, how efficient will they be? We'll see. I'm, I'm very curious what that picture well, of an air raid offense in Wisconsin looks by like. By season's end, too, Jeff Sims could easily be no in, doubt. This, in this list. But no doubt. I think we've all taken a pump-the-brakes mentality. We're not just going to put Jeff Sims right up there, mm-hmm. but I think he could be up there. I, I think he could easily find himself three or four-ish mm-hmm. on that list. And then yes. here's, here's one that could, by when all said and done, be number one. Drew, Drew out. Is it Alar? Aller? A-L-L-A-R. Yeah, whatever. Former five-star, like, number one quarterback recruit in the country at Penn State. Uh, he saw 10, ga- 10 appearances as a true freshman, only threw 60 passes. But they're talking about him like he's the next Andrew Luck, just with his size, 6'6", 242. Uh, he was the number three quarterback prospect in the country a couple years ago. Uh, and now he's going to get his shot. Sean Clifford's finally gone after about an eight-year career. And so it, the keys are, are in his hands. And he is a big reason why Penn State is being in, mentioned along with Ohio State and Michigan in that Big Ten conversation. Because he's, if he lives up to that potential, he's as good of a – or as, a, has, as high of a ceiling as any quarterback in the conference and maybe in the country. He's an exciting player. I caught him against Purdue last year. And he, he, you know, he, he entered the game because Clifford was hurt, and it was impromptu, and he was fine. He looked good. I mean, he's a, he's a smooth operator. He's a load. Yeah. Uh, let's move it on. With a big arm, by the way. Um, yeah. Let's move it on to running back because this might be the deepest, most talented position in the league. On three did a ranking, and five of the top ten running backs in college football are in the Big Ten uh, Blake Corm is the number one running back going into the season. He's probably a projected Heisman finalist right now uh, for the Wolverines, if the, especially if they win the Big Ten again. Braylon Allen, who easily could be a 1,500 to 2,000 yard back from Wisconsin, number two. I think Braylon Allen, the big thing is health. Can he, can he, can he make it through a whole year? Yeah. Donovan Edwards, the number two running back at Michigan, but really a co-one. He's your third back in the league. Man. Nick Singleton at Penn State comes in at four. And then this was a tough one, Robin. You have mm-hmm. Travion Henderson from Ohio State at five, but Mayon Williams also from Ohio State. I mean, they're kind of just like Michigan, you know, 1A, 1B type of thing where those are two of the top ten backs arguably in college football. Yeah, we could have easily co-byline that one at, at number five because they haven't announced who the starter is going to be. Now, talking with people that cover Ohio State know yeah. a lot more than I do, they think Henderson has the best chance to be the guy and win healthy – has the highest ceiling. So that's why we gave him the nod. You go back to what he was as a freshman, freshman. a couple of years ago. Right. Um, you know, what, what did he do? He ran for uh, 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. I mean, Travion Henderson. Yeah, as, as a freshman All American. Then he backed off last year because he injured. got hurt. Yeah, he missed uh, five games last year. And then Williams took over and ran for 825 yards and 14 touchdowns. Way different running back. Yeah. Not a very physical, very physical runner. Not that Henderson's not. Williams just is a load. Yeah. And so they have another guy, Chip Trayanum, uh, who is apparently also going to be in the equation of that running back rotation as well. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a, a true committee deal but those guys are both so talented but Henderson has shown that when he's healthy and when he's playing up his to, to his potential he's an all-American level talent so that that's why he got the slight nod over Williams okay. and then finally wide receiver and once again no Huskers on this list right Robin uh, when right. Uh, I mean you could have made a case I think for Billy Kemp yeah. uh, but you know he was hurt a lot of last year so it's hard to you know when you go back of just last year's work but Marvin Harrison 
Uh, number one, he's the number one receiver in the country, according to On3. The number two receiver in the country, also from Ohio State. Help me with the last name here, Emeka. Egbuka. Egbuka is number Egbuka. two. Egbuka is number two. Joke, 100% joke. simple. 100. <laughs> Isaiah Williams, number three, Illinois. Um, Shamir Dyke, Wisconsin, number four. And then Chris Altman Bell, the law firm, is back mm-hmm. at Minnesota for a seventh year? Uh, yes, seventh season. Uh, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he he's played so long that he's he's appeared in 47 games over six seasons, and uh, he's caught a, a, at least one pass in 41 straight games. So I think his is just kind of like the career achievement award type deal, sure. where, like, he's been in the league since – 2010 so like you know he, he just by volume he's up there uh is it dk with so that wisconsin chimiri dk dyke mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know his name they're doing fine anyway just i put him at four going. on the list he is kind of the same way with uh mordecai the wisconsin quarterback in the sense that he's wisconsin's re- number one receiver last year he's returning to be their number one caught 47 balls for 689 yards six touchdowns Modest numbers, but they led Wisconsin and everything last year. So he's going to be the number one this year in that pass-heavy air raid offense. So kind of another deal where I think by volume, he's going to catch a lot of passes for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. The thing to, the thing to watch at Wisconsin is, we're, and I know it's an air raid. Longo, though, ran the ball at North Carolina. He had two great running backs at one point, and they ran the hell out of it. Well, it's not like they're just going to not give Braylon Allen the ball. They like, got running backs, so we're going to run it. <laughs> that's the you thing. can run – you can run effectively out of a spread. Well, that, that's the case to be made like for Allen is that, you know, before everybody knew he was getting the ball. They were in a lineup in two or three tight end sets and just run the ball between the tackles, and there was no creativity whatsoever. Well, now they're going to spread everything out. Now you get that big Clydesdale, Braylon Allen the ball in space, and he's not going to have an eight-man box that he's going to have to run against. So that's the argument for why he could almost benefit more from this scheme shift to the air raid and that for one he has more help from a passing game too it's going to create more space for him to run to where it's not you know basically having to barrel through three or four tacklers before he gets the open field yeah i just want to keep emphasizing that we're call, we keep calling air raid well, that's but that's not it. it's not necessarily going to be mike leach r.i.p by the way texas tech texas tech offense um that's not necessarily what we're looking at here It'll be determined by personnel, and when you have a running back like that, you're still going to get him 20 carries a game, I would think, right? 20, 21 carries. He's still got they still got the great backup, Malusa, Ches Maluzzi. Yeah. Um, they're going to run it. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on this whole thing where they're not going to be physical. They're going to be an air raid. They're going to spread you out, and it's going to look. It'll look different. But they're still going to come at you. Well, they're going to run a lot of plays. And so there's going to be a lot of snaps to go around. And so, therefore, when you have a number one back like that, he's going to get his carries. And the argument, he's going to still get 20-plus carries a game, but it's going to be in a much uh, more spread out. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk recruiting now. Uh, Nebraska is going to host a big visit weekend. We have camps starting on Sunday. Um, and more visitors have been set. We're going to discuss all that next here as a busy month of June awaits. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washed. A busy month of June um, is upon us here as uh, Nebraska's got nearly 30 official visitors now set uh, that will make their way into Lincoln on top of all the camps that will take place, not only in Lincoln, but a couple of satellite camps next week in Texas where Matt Rule and the entire staff will be down in um, the, the Waco Belton area and also Houston Christian College. Um, so there, there's a, a lot going on um, in, in that sense. But I want to get first, because uh, On3 is holding the NIL Summit right now in Nashville. And it's an awesome event with, I believe, over 50 of the top four- and five-star players in the country for NIL education. Uh, people like Libby Dunn and Kirk Herbstreet are there to speak as, um, you know, to, to all the athletes. But they did interviews with all these guys. And, and one of the things that dropped an interview was Brandon Baker, who's been in Nebraska twice, nation's top-ranked tackle, um, is no longer <clears throat> considering Nebraska. He's no longer going to visit Nebraska. And, you know, I can tell you as a, of a week ago, you know, his the plan was that he was going to come for the Michigan game, and and they have a bye week that week. He wanted to come to a home game, but now Nebraska not in the picture with Brandon Baker, mm-hmm. and you know I think it's really a reality of recruiting. I mean, you've got to you've got to get your activity done in June. I think if you're trying to go past June, the big dog programs, Ohio State's, the Georgias, Miami's, they're going to squeeze these guys. Okay whether it's spots in a class or NIL, to get a decision when they want the decision. Yeah. And Brandon Baker, his timeline went from the Army All, or the All-American Bowl in San Antonio to now he might have a decision made in the summer. Right. So that's what you mean by squeezing. These programs want a decision made before the season. They don't want it to go into the season. Right. Because they need to plan their numbers and their NIL and other things. And so hmm. uh, Brandon Baker, no longer considering Nebraska – yeah, I think Nebraska was in the converse. I, I I never thought they were going to get Baker. I thought they were doing a really good job to even get in front of Baker. Um, but if they could have got him back again, that was going to be big. Yeah. Why did you think? Here's why. Because he sat right in this room. Twice. Twice. And was very genuine in in what his thoughts about Nebraska were. He was very genuine in his questions about Nebraska to you. Um, it, he couldn't have been feigning interest. I mean, he, unless he's just a marvelous actor. He, he, it was genuine. Did I think he was going to come here? I don't know. I, I gave it a shot. I mean, I'm sort of an internal optimist when it comes to that stuff. And I think, you, I think if, as a recruiter, I'm not a recruiter. But if I think if you're a recruiter, you have to be. And, I mean, he was on your campus twice. June 9th and June 23rd, though, he'll visit Ohio State June 9th, Georgia June 23rd. Why would you think he you wouldn't have a shot at him? I mean, he, may, he took the trouble to come here twice. Right. Asked questions, was clearly enamored with the place. All you got to do is go back and look at the, the interviews. So you had your foot in the door with him. You got to keep doing it. 
and not get discouraged if you're Nebraska. Oregon, um, Texas, and Florida State are the others, along with Ohio Sorry, State and Georgia. Say that again, please. Ohio State, Georgia, he has visits set June 9th, June 23rd. Right. Oregon, his brother played at Oregon. Sure. Texas and Florida State. Those are the five hmm. that he's going to visit. And then you've got Tennessee and Miami, um, who have kind of emerged, I think, in the NIL world as two of the bigger players okay. um, with their collectives yep. and how how they've operated. Yep. Um, you know, like if you were to rank collective power, I think Tennessee and Miami have to be right up there. I, I talked to a someone very close to Tennessee, and they said Tennessee doesn't recruit anymore; they select. I mean, they're selecting players now. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, it's they. You don't really recruit as a Tennessee assistant coach anymore. It's not the recruiting that were that were we became accustomed to over a period of years. It's just it's just we're offering this much money. What do you think? And you tell a guy when they can commit. There's hey, that. if you want to commit, it's here right now. If not, right. it's gone. Right. There, there's a lot of money there. Yeah, and you see all the talk. We were talking about that NIL summit, just about how the SEC is playing a completely different game than everybody else with the money that they're offering right now and just the, the level of organization of their collectives and the support those collectives have to where what what they're able to put on the table for a recruit like that is so much higher than most other schools, even a program like Nebraska, that it's just hard to be able to stay in the in the race against that when you're competing against that. Well, winning too. I mean, I, think, yeah. I don't think it's... The Peds aren't going to get outbid if they if they want the Peds that, that run that. that run the eighteen ninety collective. If right. They want to get a guy here, they can. But Nebraska's got to be in a position to get the guy. One hundred. I mean, like in this in the world. I mean, you're not going to outbeat Georgia and Ohio if if you can match the money. It's Georgia or Ohio State. They're going to pick probably Ohio State or Georgia, right? So it, Nebraska's got to get in a position as a program to not only justify the payout to a, a recruit with their collective but the kids got to say yeah this makes sense for me to go here but if you're a collective like it's kind of the chicken in the egg argument like mm -hmm. do you need to dump a bunch of money to get those types of players to play at a championship level or you need to win in order to get those types of players interested in you to where then you're playing on the same playing win. field as it's those not other it's teams. not a healthy model it's really not. Like, look at A&M. Well, wait a second. A&M went all in last year on this big class, mm -hmm. and it's kind of already blowing up on them. I, I, I think you really throw off your locker room dynamics if you would go all in on a bunch of freshmen, and then they're making more money than the older players in your program. Mm -hmm. Now, what Robin is asking, essentially, I think, if I'm reading this right, Robin, is you're suggesting or you're asking, did you just buy a team? Like, does Nebraska and their collective need to try to overcome their lack of on-field success by just going – above and beyond with how much money they're offering. I don't know that you could do that. Now, Sean will suggest the Peds can offer an inordinate amount of money, and they probably could, but it wouldn't be healthy for Nebraska. Right. It wouldn't be a good look for Nebraska. You have to keep this stuff within reason. And no, I mean, I just don't think. You can't go back. Once you go down that road, right. Yeah. how do you say, okay, then, now we're going to pull back the money. Yep. Yeah, if we're right. giving this much money now. Oh, and then we're going to back it off after we start winning. We're going to back off. No, it won't work that way. You know, once the you know, you, and you can't throw off the market that much, like the market the nil market. I, I know, mean, like there's a market, and you can't. I mean, you can't. It's like buying homes. You can't just go out and overbuy a bunch of how overpay for a bunch of houses. Like we you have kind to, of know the market. I mean, what's? I mean, 
a top team right now, Sean, needs how much money to keep their roster intact? Would you say eight million? It, that that's, that's that's the number that's been thrown. That's around. the top number for the top like. Yeah, what do, what five. Ryan Day say? Did he say ten? He said no, thirteen. There's 13. a more accurate number now. Like yeah, that, that number that, was old. That's an old number. That that um. I think that number went down to about eight or nine, but it's still crazy. significant. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. No, it. I think um, the number is more like six now. Okay. Now here's the deal. That money. There was money going out before. <laughs> there was SEC was paying players long ago. Now it's up front. I, I don't want to be pretend like uh, I don't want to be feign like I'm horrified by what's going on. It's just like everything else. The SEC's ahead of the game. They're ahead of the game. They're, they always are ahead of the game. Now, it's, isn't the other issue to this like what's being said and offered during the recruiting process? The amount that that actually translates sure. to getting money in players' Some bank accounts. Is that what like you're a saying? lot of like. There's a the on three summit. If you follow uh, on three nil, they're doing all these live updates from this this convention that they're doing. Um, we're talking to players and five star KJ Bolden uh, had some really interesting things. He said if a school is telling you you're going to make millions or in the millions range, that's quarterback money. And he says that there's a fine line between knowing who's telling the truth and selling you a bill of goods and who's actually being legit with you. And mm -hmm. so now that's a whole other element where you're not only having money being thrown around, you're getting like fake offers getting thrown around to where you can get a kid to commit and then the money just doesn't pay something out. comes up and the money doesn't end So up. here are the numbers from Pete Nakos. Like the top funded collectives have a bankroll of about eight million. Yeah. Um, but it's more realistic for the there's very few in that eight million range. Um, on threes Pete Nakos reported power five collectives are generally operating in the three to six million range. I know a year ago, Nebraska had five million. So when we say operating at the three to six million range, is that what it costs to pay your current roster, basically? Their annual money that okay. they need to operate. Okay. Whether for transfers, for recruiting, and for your current roster. Um, but I think in a perfect world, you have to have multiple funds. You have to have one for your current players, then you have to have one for transfers, and then you got to have one for recruits. Um, and, a budget. And a, you have to have an operational fund almost. Okay. And, I mean, you've got to have, you know, the athletic department's got to be more publicly supporting the direct collective. And I don't know if that's happening right now. I mean, you don't hear that they say collectives, but there really is only one collective at Nebraska. And on three had a really good article saying, like, if you say you have more than one collective, that's not good. You need to Why? have one because it confuses donors. It confuses people. And by rule, the athletic directors can promote a collective by name and help funnel money there directly by talking about them. We're not really seeing that at Nebraska either right now. I mean, it's very vague language, mm -hmm. uh, very broad based language for whatever odd reason. So it will be interesting if that will change because there's a heck of a commitment financially being made by boosters and the Pete family mm -hmm. for this collective. You know, Nebraska should recognize that I think with direct language to support that. Right. I agree. Now, now, the one thing we can do, and, 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 it's, and I think you have to be intentional in this regard, we need, as journalists, to talk in precise language and be precise about what we're talking about with NIL. I think we can be really, I think, I think people can be very sort of irresponsible in the way they talk about this stuff. It, it's, I think it requires a lot of precision because people don't understand it. We do. At a pretty high level, I think. But you can't. Come on, a lot of people. You'll never get the exact numbers players get paid. I mean, that 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 is generally 
going to be kept at a high level of secrecy for the right for, for obvious reasons. Well, I think for the right reasons, but still, that's a flaw in my opinion. It's a flaw. But then it screws up your whole roster and locker room. Well, it leads to a lot of speculation, and that's what Rob's getting at. What, what that player that Rob references is getting at. It re- leads to a lot of wild speculation about what players are ma- making. Mm-hmm. I'd almost prefer that you know, like the NFL, like the NBA Pro League. Instead of instead of this sort of secrecy right. that exists, you're operating as if you're a full blown for profit organization, and players are being paid. Just do it. But the secrecy will still exist. Like, they could say this public number, but you know there's going to be other secret side pots. Until you got the, the – until they're just full-blown employees, right? right? And that's Which what the SEC not. is proposing. That's what the yeah. – and that, I think, inevitably is where it needs to go. I mean, there's <laughs> – because what we're doing right now is so uh, unstable. Yeah. You know, I mean, just with the, the amount of unknowns and speculation and rumors and lies that are being told right now, like – this is not sustainable. Like you have to be able to have a concrete regulation to where everybody knows what you're making, what you're being paid, and, and how it's happening, how it's happening. And I think Who's that's paying for it. Trev Alberts' big issue with a lot of NIL is just the uncomfortable part of all of this and the the lack of transparency. Mm-hmm. Where you know, I think in his shoes as an old school college, it's hard for him to get behind a lot of these things going well, on right who, now. Who is behind it? Like, who, who do you do you know of anybody that says I think this is going really well? Is there anybody telling you guys, <laughs> you guys need to relax? This, this is, it's going well. It's going fine. Yeah. I don't know that I, I would, I don't think it is going well or fine. I, I think it's, it, there's too many, there's, there's, too there's many the lack of regulation. Agents is, think it's grown great. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're yeah. One agent I've talked to, they, they make more money working with a college athlete yes. than a pro athlete. How could that be, Sean? Well, because the percentages are higher. They can okay. take a higher cut. Great. And a college athlete is straight 1099. They can structure them differently. They can organize them differently um, and create a lot of things to help them. Where in the NFL, you're, you're a straight W-2 employee, meaning you're payroll taxed and, and you, you pay other taxes as an employee. Mm-hmm. Where NIL money, you're, t- you're not an employee. You're, you're essentially getting 1099 income. And then that allows you to structure and do a lot of things and create organizations and, you know, like you're running a small business almost. And, and in that model, too, you would have the ability to basically put players under contract to where now you're getting the initial offers out of the recruiting process. And then a player does well. I'm going to go put myself in the transfer portal and see what other offers I can get. Like it's basically annual free agency yeah. every year that a player is before going to college. And every year, every offseason after that. Not healthy. All right. I think we just did. We can do a whole show on this. We we will pick this conversation back up. But we got to bring Abby in. Let's talk mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Let's welcome in Abby Barmore to the program. Um, I'm sorry, Abby, by the way, that you're not in Brazil. I know um, you were really, really wanting to be in Brazil uh, with Nebraska. But before I get to the mailbag questions, when when will Nebraska play those volleyball matches out in Brazil? Yeah, they have um, four that are just coming up. I think they start tomorrow and they play one each day. And these teams that they're playing against, they are like very high quality teams. They, they're playing like Brazil's like under 21 team, I think, and then some that have been successful at a high level. So they're going to be playing a lot of good competition and it'll be good for them to 
kind of create some chemistry as they have six new players on that team. Now, Abby, I know with basketball, with these foreign tours, they try to schedule them intentionally to where you play a team that you know you're just going to whip. You're going to play a team that's going to be pretty evenly matched, and then they want to play a team that's going to whip you. Do, you. do you think that that's the formula John Cook lined up? I, I would say so. I mean, it's good, especially in Nebraska. They're kind of used to winning a lot and mm-hmm. being on the top level. That's the whole so. point of it. They want to see how the team responds yeah. to getting their butts whipped especially with so many new players that will be good for them is Mm -hmm. to kind of understand where they stand um not just in you know big 10 volleyball but kind of volleyball in the world and they're going to learn from all different kinds of people and volleyball is huge in brazil so i think they'll see all kinds of different stuff and from a time zone perspective it it, brazil i believe is um eastern time zone so you know like the the matches will will be yeah it's a straight down the line I mean, yeah. go to Florida and keep going. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking maybe it was just straight down the line. So. Straight. Down oh, the line. only reason I remember that was when the Olympics was in Florida, or when the Olympics was in Brazil. Excuse me. Um, it didn't really affect the start times, right. you know, because it was they, they were it's dead south. Yeah. They were in the American time zone yeah. areas. The, the so. western part of South America is central. Okay. Okay. I so, all right, we should be able to follow these, but let's get to the mailbag, Abby. What do you got? Yeah. All right, our first one name one player that you believe will start against Minnesota that may surprise media and the fan base. John Bullock, I'll just throw that one out there. Oh, hello. That's becoming less and less of yeah. a surprise with it's Matt Rule talking about him being an NFL player, but still, that means he's beaten out an established veteran. Hmm. I don't know if there's too many others you could. I'll go, I'll go Borkercher. I was okay, that's a good Ooh. one. That's a good, yeah, one. I'd go Borkercher at tight end. Now, in, in a two tight end set, is that what you're projecting? Yeah, okay. I'm not. The, I would not project him over Fedoni. I would project him over Gilbert. Yeah. Well, in fact, he was he started the spring w- game. What about one of those ends, like the the edge guys, like Lenhart or uh, Princewell? Gosh, um, that's a good. I mean, too early Ty Robinson's coming back. Remember that? Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I'm, I, what I'm suggesting is I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. If he, so, that's that's not even guys. the surprising. Not category. to me. It wouldn't okay. be to me. No, Borkature would be the one I would say. Um, who else? Bullock's a good name, Sean. Bullock, what you wonder, I mean, some of it is what's the alignment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's gonna come, some of it's going to come down. Minnesota will be a heavier team, uh-huh. the way they come out. Okay. So, yeah, those are the ones. What do you got? All right, next. Who in, who in year one will have the most success, Coach Prime, Luke Fickle, or Matt Rule, and why? Oh, hell I mean, I think the safe money, based on just – over-unders is Luke Fickle. I mean, he's got an eight and a half, nine over-under. Mm-hmm. They're picked to win the West. They only play one difficult crossover game. I believe they have... Penn State. Are, are, okay. Oh, okay. I think, Sean, I think it's Penn State. Yeah, I know Iowa Penn and State. Wisconsin only play one No, of I'm the, sorry. Iowa plays Penn yeah, State. Yeah, Iowa plays Penn State. And they they play sorry. Ohio State, I believe. Oh, yes, that's right. So I w- I was wrong. I, I was like, th- wait a minute. Yeah, I want to make okay. that very clear. Iowa plays Penn State, and that's their only Eastern Power God, crossover Rob, game. Please, Rob, please rescue us on this because me and Sean. Yeah, the Eastern crossover is Ohio State for Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's okay. got a great schedule in Madison. Like their non-conference marquee game is Washington State, which is a you know they beat they beat them we know a year ago, but hey, they got to play Georgia Southern. Hello, Clay Helton, baby. <laughs> don't overlook them. Speaking of air raid, I don't know if that's an air raid, but they raided Lincoln with, through the air. <laughs> they raided a head coaching job. Yeah, they, they raided Chenander right out of town. <laughs> but I, I, I would bank Fickle as an eight-win guy. 
Rule's going to be looked at as a six-win guy, and Coach Prime's probably going to be looked at as a three-win guy year one. Yeah, I mean, Prime is clearly third on that list. Are we really calling him Prime? We are. We seem to be. <laughs> I remember there was a big deal when he was like, you don't call me Dion, don't call me Sanders, call me Coach Prime. Uh-huh. I, I'm not going to fall in line with that. I'm going to call him Dion. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Start the trend. Coach Sanders. I'll Coach compromise. Sanders. Yeah. All right, what's okay. next, Abby? <laughs> Which Husker football game are you most looking forward to this fall? And don't pick Minnesota or Colorado because I know Michigan. that is right on top of your head. Michigan. Michigan night game. I mean, and all that entails. I think it will be a close – I think Nebraska – Is it a night game, though? Well, it should be, right? Well, Sean? it doesn't really matter, like, what we think because it matters, like, what the network picks are that week. I know, but don't you think – I mean, well, we don't know. I mean, there's only one night, like, so that's – the 30th right now of September, NBC has not set a night game. Okay. But Fox is still right. considered the prime pick. Okay. But then there are weeks where NBC gets the first pick. Then there are weeks where CBS gets the first pick. So it's a rotating deal. Okay. It's so it might not be a night game. It could be, though, because there, there's two flex openings right now that would match Nebraska's schedule for NBC night games. September 30th against Michigan, and then November 18th at Wisconsin. Those theoretically could be on NBC at night. Yeah, Michigan theoretically could be number one in the country, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Whoever, I mean, you're going to see Fox. Whoever can get that game will take that game because you're going to get five million viewers. Oh yeah. Yeah, you are. And That's why last year's game was nationally televised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the, you know, but the you know the game where Adrian dropped the ball or had the ball stripped that was a that was a largely viewed game. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I still have. I I mean, the Michigan writer that I talked to for our. Our opponent looks said that was the one, the best game he can ever remember attending on the road because because the atmosphere was extraordinary. Yeah, they did the thunderstruck oh, and the two teams. Yeah. Went Michigan out. went onto the field and was dancing to yeah. it like that was. It was an was amazing intense. scene. It, it was, was a tie game scene. at that point. Yeah, it was a it was an extraordinary night. It was an extraordinary game. It was one of the most you know I've covered it for I don't know what twenty five years. It's it's a game of, I forget a lot of games. In fact, I forget being at some games. I'll never forget that. Game. Remember when Frost like went out on the field and like fought with the ref, and then they got those like calls overturned. It was like Manya huge at that moment mm-hmm. because it like flipped the game. Then yeah. Nebraska tied it, and I mean it was, there, there was a lot, <laughs> a lot going on. They had a college football playoff team tied. I believe it was thirty three thirty three. If they blow the whistle sooner, forward progress on it. But Adrian shouldn't have been trying to fight on a third and five run where he had four guys trying to tackle him. That was a horrifying moment. I'm going to go with the Iowa game. I'll throw that one in there as well. Just okay. because I think there's going to be something on the line for Ooh, that one. I think if, if Nebraska's a six-win team, mm-hmm. that's probably going to have to be number six to okay. go to a bowl. Well, okay. And then is Iowa going to have to score a certain amount of points in order to save their offensive coordinator's job? If they're going Good. to hit that 25-point-per-game yep. mark, what if they need to score 27, mm-hmm. you know, and they get to 20? You know, like, Sean, what, you what think Iowa could there? be playing to win a division. I do. Yeah. So I'm saying I think that game, you know, for one, it's the Black Friday rivalry game, all that. But I think with just what could be at stake potentially for both teams, I think that'll make that a little extra saucy. Guys, I mentioned Michigan, Nebraska kick. Uh, the Wolverines open the season against East Carolina, and that game is only on the Peacock. Oh, many So they're it's the. <laughs> Can you imagine the the gripes and complaints that every single Michigan Wolverine fan is going to get squeezed to buy a Peacock subscription to watch that game? Oh, my God. Can you imagine working at the paper and getting the calls? What channel is the Peacock? Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of that. 
Oh, and then you know you'd have to take the phone off the hook. Is that on NBC. You know the the sports bars really win on that though, because there's people oh, that yeah. either can't figure it out or don't want to do, it, and they just go to Tanner's or somewhere and yeah. watch the game. You don't want to subscribe to a network? Just go to a sports bar. All right, what do you got, Abby? All right, next one. By the start of the season, how many commits do you think Nebraska will have? Twelve to fifteen. Um, I think they're at seven now. They want to take around twenty, and I think they would like to be around twelve to fifteen going into the season with room to add five or six more as the year goes on. I can't push back on that. Nope. <laughs> Sipple's job is to push back on me, usually. All right, final question, Abby Barmore. 100. Okay, final question. I know it's been a while since you guys have got to go to a tailgate, but what is your go-to tailgate food? Hmm. Oh, simple for me. I just love hot dogs. I mean, I just I just have three, three yeah. hot dogs, not get too filled up. Wings. Give me some Ooh, wings. wings on the, Big on the... plate of wings, yeah. Yeah. Italian sausage <laughs> with like the pepper sauce on it and a legit bun from like Rotella's. Like okay. Not, not just some so crap thought it out. store brand bun, like mm-hmm. a legit bun for an Italian sausage with yeah. sausage and peppers, preferably from Stoysage, my good friends in South Omaha. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm, I just go simplicity. Charcoal grill. Dog. Hot dogs. Now, I love ribs, but I don't want those no, at a tailgate. It's too messy. Too messy. I don't you know. It's covered in sauce. Before I don't want to. I don't want to think about it too much either. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be the chef of the day. If somebody else is making them, I'll, I'll have some. I, I do think Blackstones have kind of made their way or flat top grills. Oh, like yeah. that's become more of a tailgate Clutch thing. Clutch tailgate I, operation. And I, I'll, I'll probably How get him. You guys him know the, so much about this. You never tailgate. Because I grill a ton. My dad runs a huge tailgate party. He has for years. I know a lot of dudes at tailgate. I tailgated growing up going to the College World Series. Charcoal grilled hot dog. That's what I want. The, the burgers on a Blackstone or a mm. flat surface grill. I'm so incredible. close to just getting a Blackstone or a flat top grill, but I, I can't just have you don't have one. It's more the space, and then I'd have to kind of retire one of my grills. I was speaking of that. I was worried you were about to say, I'm so close to just saying, screw it, I'm going to tailgate every Saturday. Yeah. We're going to throw a corporate Husker online party, <laughs> and I'm not going to work. <laughs> my, my job is just to entertain the guests, watch the game. He shows up to the press box, just keeps his sunglasses on the whole time. I'll get ready for the post-game show. That's my job. Hey, there are some guys in my shoes. That's what they do, though. I'm, I, I, I won't do that, though, I promise you guys. Yeah, I'll, Please let's not take a talk about that right now. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll end the show with some other news and notes, including uh, Kasey Telmanaga and his future. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Um, I do want to hit on that visitor list. I know I talked about getting into it in our NIL segment. Didn't get into that because we got so going on NIL. But I do want Robin Washett to give us the latest. Um, we're approaching that deadline. Kasey Tomanaga, Robin, uh, met with the Pacers. Uh, what what can you share? What do you What's your feel on that whole situation? Okay, well, we're taping this Wednesday. It's about 2.25 p.m. Central Time. Uh, he has until, I believe, 10.59 p.m., so basically midnight Eastern Time, 11 o'clock uh, Central, okay. to officially make his withdrawal or stay in the draft as an early entrant uh, and maintain his college eligibility. Uh, so by the end of this taping we should have a pretty good idea and i do know as i said it's 225 from what i've been told at 230 
he's going to be meeting with Fred Hoiberg and uh, the staff to basically come to a final decision. Now, there's still remains heavy confidence that Casey will be back. I've been expecting him all along to return, but it's kind of one of those deals where until it's official, you never say never, just because you never know through this process if mine's got changed or whatever. And so that you mentioned the Pacers workout, that was his one and only pre-draft workout with a team, and it happened on Tuesday. He did pretty well. Um, they have a thing. There's a picture of it on the Pacers' uh, Twitter where if you shoot 25 three-pointers, and if you make 20 or more, you get to ring this bell that they have on the wall. Well, of course, Casey hit I think he got 21 or 22 from what I heard. So he got to ring it. So he did well. Larry Bird was sitting there watching him. So a really cool experience for him. But I don't know if it did much to change his NBA stock. Um, I think that he heard everything that we all expected. Needs to get bigger, stronger. Needs to play better defense. And he needs to show that he can be that player he was in February and half of March over the course of a full season. So you think that's what he heard? Yes, I do think that's what he heard. I'm pretty confident to say that that's what he heard okay. now what's interesting is the pay the pacers uh you know they were the one team that brought him in on a workout they have five draft picks this year including a bunch in the end of the second round okay. so if any team mm-hmm. was going to take a flyer on a guy just to see mm-hmm. if you know that might happen that would be a pretty good landing spot mm-hmm. so you know that kind of if you want to like worry about it that gives you a reason to think that maybe he might give it a shot but I think when all is said and done, uh, you know, by the time people are listening to the show this weekend, Casey will be a Husker for next season. All right, let's um, as we wrap Good up job, the show today. Um, big official visit weekend. We have nine official visitors uh, coming into Lincoln this weekend for the opening weekend of June. It's very defensive back heavy mm-hmm. uh, for Nebraska. Uh, one, two, three. Uh, four, five. Uh, actually, there's going to be six. One of the ones is switching. We're getting it confirmed, but six of the nine guys are going to be defensive backs. So that kind of tells you that this is a priority weekend. Um, you have Peyton Morgan, Mario Buford, both four-star defensive backs coming in. Dante, Dante Carter, also a four, uh, a high three-star out of Texas, coming in as a DB. Uh, William Nettles, a three-star corner out of Dallas. Um, and then you've got, obviously, uh, Caleb Pyfram. Um, he's coming in. Now, we have uh, Kamari McClellan as an unofficial, the quarterback. We have not been able to confirm he's not coming, but wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show now that Nebraska has Daniel Kalen. Um, they don't have an offer for him. Uh, but Joseph Anderson out of St. Louis would be the other edge player coming in that weekend from St. Louis. Um, so keep your eyes on that one, too, to get worked out. Uh, we did confirm that Eric Ingwersen out of Papillion La Vista, the pit commit, is coming on June 16th to June Nebraska. 16th. Um, another new visit addition, Grant Bricks, has finally um, you know, solidified his visit dates. He'll be at Nebraska June 23rd, and that's still going to be the biggest one. Uh, we have 16 confirmed official visitors on that list. Um, it's a little misleading, though, because uh, Davon Hall's on there. I don't know if he'll make it here or not. He's going to visit. Tennessee to camp um, but his interview this past weekend just didn't have a good feel his for interview him. with you yeah with yeah. me at the camp on yeah. s- s- Saturday didn't have a good feel for Nebraska like it's almost like he's finding a reason not to go to Nebraska he's only been on campus one time since Matt Rule's hiring okay so that's one I'll be curious where it ends Isaiah McMorris though 
Um, I do think Nebraska is in a good position there. OU was a player, um, but they've kind of backburnered him because they've got a receiver. They have another guy they want for the other spot. So that's what happens, guys. The month of June, you know, you really find out where you stand. Okay. So the month of June, you really find out where you stand. We've had Jacob Smith in here who's a edge rusher from from Connecticut, Cheshire, Connecticut, right, John? Yep, you got that, that right. right. Cheshire. Um, he's visiting June 16th. That See, people are going to start looking at guys like that and saying, can Nebraska pull a guy well, like that? Can Nebraska look, pull a guy I like think that? the question with, like, Jacob Smith on June 16th is, will he even get to Lincoln? Oh, boy. Because he's going to visit Michigan June 2nd. Guess who's going to Michigan? His brother. Hmm. He's committed there, his twin brother. Okay. Then he's going to go to Kentucky June 9th. That's where he used to live before Cheshire Academy. Okay. Then Nebraska. Yeah. So I think the bigger question is, can they can they get him back to Lincoln for a third visit? I don't know if Michigan lets him escape without committing. Okay. I, I, I just, that's just, what you said before, right? They're that, squeezing them, right? I think Michigan's going to say, oh, man, we want you. but if do it. Every time you let the weekends roll, they bring in other guys at your position. Sure. And do you want to take that chance? Sure. And that's what they tell these guys. And that the the approach of Matt Rule's recruiting is is different than a lot of schools because they're, they're going to bring in all their top guys on the last weekend of June. Hmm. And so, you, you know, we'll, we'll you know, hmm. like for Grant Bricks, he's got four trips lined up. Grant Bricks is the offensive lineman from Logan, Iowa. And four star. That's his fourth visit. Top rated player in Iowa. He's going to go to Oklahoma, Kansas State. Alabama than Nebraska. Would you say, would you suggest to Nebraska to try to get him earlier? I think this is going to be a really good case study or test study for them, how they approach June. Um, the other thing I would say is it's really hard to get the guys you want maybe on June 3rd because the, right. same, the same guys you want everybody else wants. Right. Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> I it, mean, this is a, you're in a, just a, it, it is a bear out there to get these guys. It it's is. you know, like Isaiah McMorris doesn't have any other June visits set up. So like he's an in-state guy. Like the fact that Nebraska's is only one, that's a good sign. Davon Hall doesn't have any other officials set up. Um, when you're a receiver, there's 84 star receivers a year. So you you might carry that ranking, mm -hmm. but you're kind of a dime a dozen because there's a lot of you out there, mm -hmm. and you you might only have two receiver spots, three receiver spots per top 25 team. You know what? Sean, I mean, when I when I think about all this stuff, I'm always thinking about players, players, plural, that can get you over the top. That's why a guy like Carter Nelson becomes so important because he's in your own state. That should be one you get. They, it, but it, it but it puts more pressure on you to get him. And Carter Nelson expected to be at Georgia this weekend. Wonderful. Um, but but Georgia, they have two tight ends. Well, they just already, took Jaden Riddell, yeah. the top tight end, arguably in the country, out of Ray Moore Peculiar in Kansas. Two tight ends City. in the class. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska, though, technically has two. Um, Keelan Smith is going to be an athlete that probably grows into something else. And that's why Ingerson's interesting, too, because everybody thinks he's probably a tackle at 6'7, 245, mm. but he's a tight end right now. Mm. So. This Carter Nelson tightrope for Nebraska is interesting because because uh, you know a lot of the guys they're on kind of have the same body builds mm -hmm. and and what do you do? But yeah, it's it's going to be tense these next three weeks. We really really tense. Oh boy, um, you know for everybody in college football to get kind of 80 percent of your class in place. Mm -hmm. Here we go, and to get some and to get some difference makers, you know. 
And that's what everybody's going to assess. If, when it all shakes out, when June's over, you're gonna, what I'm going to do is assess did they get a difference maker or two because that's what you got to get. And you got to be real about it. All right, so plenty to follow. Well, Tunnel Talk Friday, you want to get on Husker Online, great special, twenty nine ninety five. Get you access to Husker Online for the next six months. Um, we will also have Husker Online headlines later in the week. So make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us here on the Husker Online YouTube page. Also, find us anywhere you find podcasts. We post the show as a podcast as well. Uh, big official visit weekend. Make sure you're on Husker Online. We'll keep you up to date with the latest. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 